love the everyday, love when it sucks, and then love when you, whenever you're being rewarded, you know, through whatever you're doing. Uh, mentally just preparing yourself, preparing yourself for the worst. What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of The Booth Podcast, where everyone is welcome at the table. Before we get started today, I just want to say thank you for all of the support, for sharing these videos, for liking them. That's the best way that we can continue learning from each other and also spreading positivity on social media. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. My name is Garrett Blucher. Today, our guest is Zach Burley. Zach, why don't you tell us who the heck you are and what you do? Well, my name is Zach Burley. Uh, I grew up here in Houston, actually. Uh, been in the Coast Guard for eight years. Native. Native, exactly. Yeah. I'm happy to be back. Moved here a couple of years ago. Cool. So what do you do in the Coast Guard? Uh, rescue swimmer. So you're, you're basically Ashton Kutcher. Give or take. Probably a little bit better, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously. It's There's Ashton a lot of... Kutcher. Yeah, exactly. Um, so <laughs> what do you like specifically do within that position? So... On you know a more generic basis, uh, when I'm on duty, I'm basically on call for any kind of search and rescue case. So if it's a medevac, some kind of medical case, have a tanker, boat flips over, runs into a piling, or uh, any sort of collision, or you know at sea, that's crazy danger. So so how often does that happen? Like in the summertime, I'd say every week there's something that's going on. Really? If I'm on duty, is the next question. You know because we have eight guys or nine guys at our shop. Right. So it's just kind of luck of the draw. Who's getting a good case or, you know, it, it's, you, it's hard guys, to like, put it like that. that. Like the harder the case, like the better kind of thing. I mean, you know, it's, it's sad. It's not sad, but it's, it's the fact that, you know, people are in distress, but right. that's our job. And, you know, we enjoy providing that service and providing, you know, Absolutely. care to these people. So like what, what area do you guys cover? Anywhere from in Houston, we'll go a little South of Lake Charles and then, I'd say Port O'Connor and up. So it's wow. a it's a decent window. And then Corpus has the rest down to the, the border down there. That's crazy, dude. That's yeah. I mean, that's a large area to cover. Do you yeah. guys so do you guys like study the different bodies of water around that area? So as you kinda, you know, get familiar with the area, you're gonna pick up these key landmarks that sectors passing you. Hey, we got a case in this area. You know, there's there's a you know general brief when you get there, you get to your unit, but all in all, you're kind of just learning as you go, picking up keywords, little landmarks and yeah. stuff like that. So. so your wife shared this thing on Facebook, 2018, you got some kind of award for being like oh, no. the ultimate hero. <laughs> Tell uh, us what that's so about. So this was post Harvey. I'm okay. sure everybody's heard of Hurricane Harvey. Mm -hmm. uh, I was in Corpus at the time. I flew in uh, VSC 144, hopped on some planes, What's did that? some rescues. Uh, it's a small C-130. So like a cargo plane. Okay, there we go. But a little bit smaller, Coast Guard version. Yeah, and uh, civilian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you know, <laughs> forget, forget. I, I bet you a lot of people know that stuff though. There's Probably. there's some there's some nut geeks out there that uh, yeah that, that like planes and stuff. Uh, anyways, had a few cases. Ended up uh, meeting uh, Mike Pence. Mm -hmm. It was pretty cool. Uh, gave me his challenge coin, which is awesome. It's a yeah. great achievement. So so tell us the actual story about Hurricane Harvey. Yeah, okay. what did you do? Uh, so, you know, like, were you here at that time? Did, yeah. you, did you live here? Okay. Yeah. I was, I was fortunately though, like we lived in an apartment complex in on the third floor, pretty much brand new complex. And we didn't realize, but until Harvey hit, we were like a good six feet built up 
about everybody around us and everybody else was flooded around us and we perfect we had power we had food we could still get to the store with the jeep sorry mm. sorry Devin, <laughs> that we sold the jeep for a minivan but no big deal hey, okay continue kids sorry. are coming i guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh anyway so yeah like you know weather was some of the worst weather i've probably ever flown in uh at the time you know you get these calls where we got families in attics water level rising you don't really think about it that much. You just kind of, you know, generic plan. Hey, this is what we're gonna do. This is the route we're gonna take, and we're gonna go. Yeah. And some of the some of the worst weather I've probably ever flown in. Uh, granted, I'm sitting in the back. The pilots are the ones really doing the navigating. There's yeah. there's probably 50 other aircraft that were out there. Probably more actually, at the time. I'm sure air traffic control. It was crazy. Like it that. was crazy, and just trying to navigate the city. You know, How does that work? So do you guys like fly at different heights? So Oh uh, yeah, we, we'll kind of deconflict on different heights, and we'll have you know, honestly, one of uh, I guess it was a C one thirty at the time did all of our comms. It just flying around, literally doing tasking, gotcha, and vectoring people into to places. Yeah, uh, and so you know all the stuff that we did, it was it was super. It was a lot more difficult with the weather. Yeah. And uh, the conditions with all so, the aircraft. So you air get travel. this call, there's people out in their attics and you you hop on the helicopter and what happens? So basically trying to find a house with my cell phone because these coordinates are, you know, they're not always, they're very uh, spotty. Yeah. You know, how is someone going to give me their Latin long? Because that's what we work off in the plane. Right. So I have my phone in the back typing in addresses and going, oh, sir, uh, you know, 050, head that way. Uh, you know, it's a few miles or whatever. That's crazy. Yeah, it was it was weird. We've never really done that before. So added another element of kind of confusion. Yeah. So so then you find. So, someone, yeah. Right? So a lot of the times someone else got there before you did, right. which is a good thing. Yeah. You know, another plane was in the area. Uh, they had room. They picked them up. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically, yeah, in this scenario, you know, I'll just get lowered down. Uh, either a roof, a van, anywhere that's a little somewhat dry. I can enter the water without being like, you know, having to be able to see the unknown. So yeah. kind of do my own thing. I didn't even think about that yeah. too. Cause you're in a helicopter. Usually you're used to like jumping in the ocean exactly. or somewhere where you know how deep it is, but would never do that scenario. here. <laughs> yeah. Never do that here. Yeah. And then another factor is the static electricity is huge during these storms. Oh, wow. So we have these, uh, they call it HSD cables, uh, hydrostatic dis uh, displacement or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, basically they, they'll take the brunt of the shock, which happens a lot. And yeah. I got popped a lot. Really? That whole four or five days that I was actively doing stuff. Interesting. Yeah. It, 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 it put me on, you know, put me on my butt. Yeah. I come down, sure. hit it, and then, it, you know, kind of hit me back a little bit. <laughs> but then I'm like, okay, learn from that. I'm never going to leave the plane without the HSD cable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Learn from your mistakes. So in this, in this specific story that Mike Pence was talking about, what happened? Okay. Well, so basically what he was talking about is the overall, I, I had a multiple cases that, that week picked up about 10 or 12 people from a house, a uh, few kids, you know, few, uh, male, female. So, so let me stop you there. Once you get into the water, like you, it's just you, it's like just me swimming, right? Yeah. Pretty yes. much trying to find somebody who trying to help. figure something out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very, uh, on the fly, you know, trying to make, make the most of your time because fuel is also a big deal. Yeah. You don't have a whole lot of time depending on the helicopter helicopter you're in depending on that kind of plays what, out the what's role. like an average of how much time you have well with the 60 uh, uh jayhawk so mm -hmm. it's a coast guard black hawk base basically you have a long time you have a few probably a few hours a couple okay. hours to, to kind of navigate and do your thing yeah with this mh65 the dolphin which we what i fly here in houston 
you're you're looking very minimal time with pulling into a hover the weight of people coming in it all kind of plays in the performance of the helicopter yeah so you're constantly pilots are constantly juggling numbers uh hey zach you got 15 minutes go find who you got to find and then you know we need to go so so when you're in that scenario like what's going through your head well <laughs> a lot yeah i mean i'm sure a lot of stuff i want to say the biggest thing because obviously like your, your human nature i'm sure at some point is like okay this is not normal this is putting my life in danger. How do you push past? I don't that? think about that stuff. You don't think about. I don't it? think about that stuff. I'm I'm really just thinking about. I'm honestly thinking about the patient and the worst case. It sucks, but I think about the worst scenario for that patient, so I can kind of formulate a plan if that is the case. Right. If the injury is bad as I think it is, or if you know they're in a bad spot or whatever, I can kind of start formulating a plan in my head where I can act accordingly. But. I, you know, it sucks to do that, but it's very smart to do that. That way you show up on scene and you're not like, oh, what do I do? Right, you right. So, so once you're in the water, how do you signal to the helicopter? Uh, Is it just you that would get out of the helicopter? Or was there another rescuer? Or? Well, so in this scenario, I was with another guy on a, a Jayhawk, Coast Guard Blackhawk. Mm -hmm. And we were rolling in twos. And yep. we basically have uh, like ear mics. And mm -hmm. we just tell them, hey, we're ready for pickup. You know, we have 10 oh, people, cool. five kids. We're going to put the mom and the wife or the mom and the kid together. They're going to go up in pairs or whatever, you know, just kind of judging weight, uh, whatever works in the, for the basket. So, yeah. And then, yeah, it was nice actually having, because typically we don't do that. It's typically just one person on duty. Yeah. Uh, kind That's of crazy, managing dude. the scenario. I, I mean, obviously we, Hurricane Harvey sucked. A lot of people had it terrible. A lot of people it's didn't sad. It was make sad. it. Um, but at the same time, you don't th really think about like the guys who are out rescuing yeah. other people and the situations that you were having to deal with that are completely outside the normal, but you guys are prepared for that. So what do you guys do in the Coast Guard to train for stuff like that? So continual, it's basically a life of training. That's yeah. what we do whenever we're not doing the actual thing. Right. So uh, Monday through Friday, basically working out and honing in those physical, you know, physical fitness skills in case we get called out to. Well, let's just stop there too. So okay. you guys have like a, a plethora of, of different disciplines that you need to be good at. Correct. You need to be able to run, you need to be able to swim, you need to be able to lift heavy things out exactly. of the way when you're swimming or when you're running. Yeah. So how do you train for all of those things? Uh, you know, honestly, it's every, Every, every uh, swimmer has their own kind of responsibility and they, they know their level of like what they need to meet and what's, what's the minimum and how can I, you know, push past that right. to maintain a solid, you know, physical state. And, but a big thing is, is I also want to enjoy that training. So also kind of, you know, maneuver my workouts around what I like to do and try to fit that into so like what the do you program. Like to do? I like to hit weights. Yeah. I like hitting weights. Yeah. And as you Obviously. know, as you would know, not the best for the pool. Yeah. So I'm constantly trying to that negative buoyancy. Exactly. I'm constantly <laughs> trying to, to rotate and maneuver that training. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, being hindered in the pool, but I'm also enjoying my daily routine of, you know, working out. So, so what's the swim workouts like? We probably do about 2000 to 2,500 yards, Tuesdays and Thursdays, give or take uh, duty or training flights right. or other work events. Um, and we'll basically just try to make it interesting. We, uh, we like to do call outs. So, you know, hey, call out 200 yards and we'll go down the next call at 200 yards. And it's all very, uh, it can be mixed in with underwater work, kick, uh, just arms or, you know, stuff like that, just to make it interesting. And it, so is that like in 
your your rescue suits that you have to train in? Uh, no. This so no. In swimmer school, yes, but yeah. in just our daily lives, I'll just wear normal black shorts. And, gotcha. and we do uh, like fin, rescue fins and snorkel too, cool. to kind of simulate. That's what we use. Right. You know. Right. So what's what's the farthest you've ever had to swim like in real life on a rescue? Probably a few hundred yards. Really. And you know, typically the helicopter is going to do most of the work. Right. Right. That's what they're there for. Right. But in case something does happen, that's where you kind of come into play. Have you ever had to like so going back to the Ashen Kutcher moment? Like, have you ever had to like hop out of a helicopter in terrible weather and the the sea is crazy and you're trying to swim in that? Uh, it hasn't been the level that I've honestly would like to 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 get to. But it, there has been some times where you know the weather's bad, uh, the sea state, you know as bad as it could be out in the Gulf, you know, yeah. a little bit more kicked up eight so, to 10 foot seas or so something like that. I just picked up on a little bit of Zach Burley's mindset <laughs> there and it's a challenge for you. Oh yeah. And you love it. I do love it. So what can people do like on a daily basis? Obviously not everybody's like you and they're right. going to jump out of a helicopter and rescue somebody, but everybody's got goals for the most part. Right? So how do you continue to prepare yourself for the unknown and continue getting better every day? I think the biggest thing would be is enjoying what you're doing because I wouldn't wouldn't be here if I didn't love it, you know, and going through the, you know, it's painful to work out. It's painful and maybe a little stressful to go on these cases. But when it comes down to it, I love the job. You know, I love the service that we provide to these people. Absolutely. And just the enjoyment of of the whole process, you know, start to finish where I started and where I am now. So, you know, it's been an amazing journey, really. Like, so, so love the everyday. Love the everyday. Love when it sucks. And then love when you, whenever you're being rewarded, you know, through whatever you're doing. That's you know? awesome, dude. People yeah. can take that and run with it and use it in their daily lives. Yeah. Let's end with favorite Coast Guard story. Favorite Coast Guard story. I'd say yeah. meeting Trump. That was meeting my favorite Trump? story. Yeah. It's so <laughs> a big tell, deal. I mean, that story. basically, uh, this was a couple, this was a year ago. There was some, some weather that rolled through, had a few cases, hoisted some people out of, I want to say Beaumont or something. And uh, he was rolling through for some rally and he came by, you know, secret services there for probably a week, just vetting the place, making sure all the, you know, entry exit points are good. It was, it's pretty, that's crazy. It's pretty amazing. The, the amount of work that goes in for like a little 15 minute window, yeah. you know, cause he was gone. Yeah. Those guys were there for like a solid week, that's like in, just looking around the place yeah. and posted up. So that was cool. And, you know, he showed up and said a few words and thought that was pretty cool. Just to, just to, you know, see the president, shake his hand, got a, a picture. new profile picture. New profile. And, dude, hey, it's go. off of the gram, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into, we hit the physical, we hit the mental. What about the emotional side of being a Coast Guard rescue? Um, I'm sure you get put in some situations where you see some things that aren't so pretty. Um, how do you deal with that? There's a lot of things, really. Uh, I think one of the bigger things is uh, mentally just preparing yourself. Like I said earlier, preparing yourself for the worst. So when I go down to these cases or go down to these people, I think about, you know, okay, this is what happened to this guy. Oh, he fell off the boat. His leg got tore up. So I'm really expecting, okay, he's going to be hemorrhaging out of his side, or, you know, his leg. What am I going to do? And I'm constantly kind of just preparing myself like I'm, like it's actually happening. So when I get there, oh, it's not that bad. Okay, here we go. And I can kind of, you know, do, do what I do, work appropriately right. and not be so, uh, you know, kind of caught off guard. I just, I'm mentally thinking about what I'm going to be doing or what, what could be the worst case scenario, worst case scenario, really? Yeah. So in that situation, um, 
do you ever deal with people who are like just crazy in distress? How do y'all train for that? Like swimming with someone who's distressed. So that this comes back to rescue swimmer school. You know, that's the whole school is basically putting your mind and body under severe amounts of stress Mm -hmm. and having to, you know, articulate what to do and, and do it right all checklist style. Yeah. And then that's how you pretty much vet people through the program. You so know? have you drowned before? Uh, I've been very close. Yeah. Uh, they do a I've, lot. Of- I've seen some documentaries. <laughs> I've seen stories of swimmer school and the, stuff like buds. So it's like the, the videos that I've seen really don't do it justice. Like, really? uh, you know, like the ground PT, anybody, anybody with some, you know, strong, somewhat of a strong mind can do a ground workout, you know, right. could push through it. Uh, maybe throw up, different, but though. exactly when you're in the pool, like there's a whole nother element of, of fear really. Yeah. You know, because there's times where, you know, I was, you know, you're close to the line of, all right, I'm, I'm over this. Like, I don't want to do this no more. You know, I, I could just go still and chill in my room well, and be done. I think it's, it's just like a, a, a natural human reaction too. So like I've been training to do triathlon and jumping exactly. in the pool first time, I'm like, Boom, boom. Yeah, sprint. Okay, after like 25, 50 meters, I'm like, all right, yeah. I got to get out of the when, pool. I'm going to drown. And it's that being comfortable in that super uncomfortable situation, knowing that there's a, like an immediate threat to your life yes. if you could drown Yes. Um, while having to do test drills yes. and actual functional things in the water, I'm sure is just... T- it tell is. me about some of those drills you guys had to do. So the whole, basically, you know, the first few weeks... It, the school has changed so much now. I don't know how long it is or what they've done to it. But the first few, first month or so is basically yelling, screaming, yardage, underwater, uh, just real nasty, stressful environment. Mm-hmm. Once they weed out the, those, you know, the candidates that and don't get past that. that really yeah, then there's me. No. <laughs> and then they start getting more uh, critical thinking and under stress thinking. So it's all scenario based. So, you know, we're, we're all, you know, posted up in a room. They'll call you out on the pool deck. You'll come out there, they'll do, you'll get up in the plane, the, the whole, the whole helicopter and the waves and the wind is all simulated at this pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they'll say, Hey, we got three people in the water. One guy has a broken arm and say, you know, okay, Roger. And then, and that's when you start formulating a plan. Okay. I'm going to get the injured guy first. If there's any women or children, they're going to go next. And then I'm going to pick up the last guy. And then they make it very realistic. They'll have debris, kayaks, gasoline tanks in the water, people flailing around in clothing. And, you know, they, they make it stressful. And it should be. Yeah. Because it's just you out there whenever you're actually standing duty. So they want to make sure you can handle that kind of you know, so stress. So something cool, as you just said, don't know if you realize it, but when you got put in that stressful situation, the first thing you did was formulate a plan. Constantly. And in that, life, we all get yeah. to that point to where... Life is just crazy. There's so many things going on and it it's completely different from what you do, but in a mm-hmm. sense it's not because it's a high stress environment. Okay, how do we get out of that high stress environment? You formulate a plan. Yes. So how do you vet a plan that is maybe gonna work, maybe not gonna work, but how do you get that process of starting? It's, it's very complex, I guess. Now yeah. that I think about it, it's not the it's not easy. Right. Uh I guess it's looking at all the options mm-hmm. and, you know, laying out what, what you should do or whatever you want to do. Right. And deciding what route to go and then sticking with that. Yeah. Because as soon as, as soon as you start playing with other options and, oh, I want to change this up, you know, especially in, during a case or during some kind of evolution like that, mm-hmm. like usually it doesn't go very well. Right. And, you know, it'll show the, the instructors will, will tell you. Yeah. yeah I'm <laughs> They'll sure. show you. I'm sure. 
(laughs) (laughs) But I think that's cool too, because I think failure has a very special place within that plan. 100%. I actually failed out my first time when I went through. Yes. That's awesome. I mean, not awesome, but it's cool because now we're on the flip side of that. Exactly. It was, uh, it was definitely something I didn't expect. I thought, you know, things were going great and, you know, hit a wall and failed out. You go to a board and they basically say, hey, why should we keep you here instead of sending you back to the fleet? You know, you kind of plead your case. And I got, I got uh, reverted or rephased, whatever you want to call it. And then and you started, started back, back at way, zero. Whack week one, back in it. It was, I'm it sure was that's interesting. A, I'm sure that's a humbling experience. It, it sucked. Is it mainly like the same instructors too? Uh, yes. Uh, so they have a, a group of instructors that kind of rotate classes. So they all kind of work together, but my core instructors did change. Gotcha. So it kind of changed things up a little bit. You know, people leap transferring out, people coming in. So you're right. kind of getting different views and different personalities when you're when you're doing that. Well, that's awesome, man. I think we've got enough for today. Uh, went through physical, emotional, different sides and aspects of your job and how people can take that and apply it to their daily lives. So thank you guys for listening to this episode of The Booth Podcast. Make sure and like and share this episode, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks, Appreciate Zach. Garrett, thank you. No problem, man.